Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. I would have never thought when I started 36 years ago that a war in Ukraine would affect what happens on my farm in South Florida so much financially. And that being said, you know, our, our feed costs, which is our number one cost, escalated through the roof. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. On whatever platform you're listening to this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review The Zest. It helps other foodies to find us, and we really appreciate it. Now, while you do that, let me tell you about today's Zest guests. They're a South Florida couple who are keeping alive the state's tradition of dairy farming. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Americans are drinking less milk these days, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Still, if you've enjoyed a pint of ice cream or a post-workout glass of chocolate milk lately, then you have a dairy farmer to thank. And if you're in South Florida, there's a good chance that dairy farmer is a member of the Rucks family. Sutton and Chris Rucks own Milking R Dairy Farm and Ice Cream Parlor in Okeechobee. The couple run the business with their two adult children and a staff of around two dozen employees. A lot has changed since Sutton's grandparents purchased the farmland in 1956, but much more remains the same, including the 12-hour workdays and endless troubleshooting to ensure the well-being of their 1,500 milking cows. In our conversation, Sutton and Chris discuss how dairy farming has evolved over the years, the challenges of being dairy farmers in a world full of milk alternatives, and the reasons for the dwindling number of dairy farmers in Florida. They also address the role of women in the dairy industry and the importance of teaching kids where their food comes from. My father and my grandfather probably worked way harder than I worked. You know, a typical day would be start at 4.30 in the morning, and it's not what was me, farmer. It's something you enjoy doing, and, and there's just, even today, there's not enough hours in the day, but, but you know, we would, we would start milking at 4.30, get done about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, do a few other things around the farm. And, and I just remember as a supper was either, it depended on the time change. You know, if it got dark early, supper was at 5, 5.30. In the summertime, when it got dark later, supper was at 6.30 or so. So it gave you an extra hour to get things done. But, you know, farming is definitely not your typical nine to five. You know, cows don't understand Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving. I've been traveling before in December and, you know, listen to people on the airplane, you know, hey, it's December 10th and I'm winding my ear down. You know, we're fixing to close things up by the 12th, 13th. I'm done for the year. And I'm like, man, there's still 20 something days left in the <laughs> left in the month. And, and uh, anyway, you know, it's passion. You know, we we milk cows because, you know, we love we love animals. It's been a blessing to see our children grow up and we didn't twist their arm and tell them, hey. You know, they had options. Our daughter, when she graduated high school, she went to college and she worked in industry for a few years. And in 2014, she joined the team back here at the farm. 
our son likes dairy farming, but he loves the beef cow. We have a beef cow operation too. He would rather ride a horse 10 hours a day than a <laughs> tractor or manage people. But I think I got off in the weeds here a little bit. I'm still stuck on getting up at four something in the morning. <laughs> and let me, okay. let me go back. I want to be full disclosure here. Uh, I'm a seven o'clock dairy farmer now, <laughs> but that that's still a 12 hour day at seven to seven pretty much. And, and uh, it's always something new. One thing about dairy farming, when you think you finally got something dialed in and something figured out, the train comes off the tracks and you got to be putting everything back together. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, you, you know, when you're dealing with animals and people and weather, there's always challenges. So, but it's, it's a good challenge, you know, it keeps you agile. So Chris, tell me about what the farm looks like today. How many cows are there? What type of cows? Talk to me like I know nothing about dairy farming because I know nothing about dairy farming. <laughs> okay. So uh, we milk about 1,500 cows right now. And we have that many, if not more, young, so what we call young stock, which are those are going to be the offspring of those cows milking that we raise on the farm. Mostly all what we call Holsteins, which are black and white. Our love is brown Swiss. We have quite a few of them too. Yeah. Our daughter used to show brown Swiss and she still does. But we're mainly Holstein here with a few brown Swiss mixed in there. We're dairy farmers with a hobby with dairy cows. <laughs> if you ever watch the Westminster Dog Show, I think it's around Thanksgiving. We show cows in a setting like that, but they're just a lot bigger than a dog, of course, because they're cows. And you know, we met a lot of people throughout the world. Uh, we go to an event in Madison, Wisconsin called the World Dairy Expo. And, uh, you know, with, with the 1,500 cows, uh, we produce enough milk. Uh, we produce about 12,500 gallons of milk a day. So I like to tell people when we do a tour here on the farm that if you do the annual consumption of dairy products in a U.S. resident's diet that partakes of, of dairy, Sounds like a lot, but it's a little, it's 620 some odd pounds, I believe. And I might have my numbers off a few numbers, but, you know, and you got to realize that's a pat of butter. That's a little bit of creamer in your coffee. It all adds up, you know, over the year. So if you do that number, our farm produces enough food for around 85,000 people a day. And we're doing that with 22, 23 employees plus family. So that is mind boggling. So talk me through the production process. I'm assuming the milking is done by machines or are you doing it by hand? It's by machine. We have a milking, it's called a milking parlor. So, uh, and our parlor is kind of small for as many cows as we milk. That's why we milk about 22 hours a day right now. We have an hour on each shift to do the cleanup process because we have to wash the lines and make sure everything's sanitary. We're in the process of building a new milking parlor. It's called a rotary milking parlor. It'll have 54 stalls. So we're going to almost double our throughput if that's the right word to use in our parlor. But to, to start with what we have now, cows will come in out of their freestall barns where our cows live here in Florida. They live on sand beds. We bring the feed to them. They're within 25, 30 feet at any given time from fresh water, high quality grasses and feeds that we grow here on the farm. Then say at seven o'clock in the morning, our first group of cows, we start milking at seven. Now we're trying to get a little better time-wise for even our employees to, to have families and stuff. So we start milking at seven. So the first group of cows will come out of their freestall barn. They're pushed by or coached to the barn by an employee. The first group of cows will come into our milking parlor. We have 14 cows to the side. So 14 cows will come in and they'll stand side by side at a 45 degree angle. 
touching one another. So within about two or three foot, you have a cow standing and their, their, their udders there where they carry their milk. And we, we sanitize the teats because the machine has to attach to the cow's teats. We sanitize that. We used to use paper towels, but we felt like that wasn't overly sustainable. So now we use all cloth towels to dry it, to clean our cows with. And that process is, you know, some people say, well, you take that milk from the cow. No, no. Our goal is to stimulate that cow enough that, you know, she's releasing oxytocin and she, what we call, she lets her milk now. So our goal, and we, we monitor it with the computerized system we have now, the first minute, the most of her milk, we want to make sure she gives in the first minute that that machine's attached. So that being said, our machine on time is about six and a half minutes per milking. So our cows are really, other than walking, eating, and standing around, our cows are only really, if you want to give the word working, they're only working about 12 to 13 minutes a day when they're in the milking parlor giving milk. The rest of the time, they're just sort of lounging around, eating feed. Wow, this is this is honestly giving me flashbacks to when I was nursing my kids <laughs> and had to pump milk. I'm like, oh, it sounds right. pretty similar. That's kind of how well, it goes. Yeah. Time is very important. I mean, we want to make sure we milk those cows the same time every day. In, in our herd right now, we milk every 12 hours. When our new facility is finished, we're actually going to milk our cows every eight hours. So we're going to be taking, not taking, we're going to be harvesting the milk from the girls every eight hours. Not that that's any better or any worse, but it is going to take the pressure off every eight hours instead of every 12 hours. Most farms do milk every 12 hours, but for us, we have the time now to do it, so we'll milk every eight hours. Chris, talk to me about how you've seen dairy consumption change over the life of the farm or even when you were a kid, because Sutton touched on the volume of dairy that you're producing. And when I was a kid in the 80s, we had to drink a glass of milk with dinner, (laughs) but we don't do that anymore. We have oat milk in my fridge now. So what has the demand been like over the years? I think the demand is is still there. It's more challenging because like you said, you know, when we were younger, you just drank milk, water milk. That was your choice. It's maybe a little tea if you were lucky. So now there's so many other choices out there. But one thing with us doing the ice cream and milk here at the farm now, it kind of reassures you that milk consumption is is still very popular. A lot of people still enjoy dairy products. I think our biggest challenge now is just children getting, having mothers like yourself that will continue to give their children milk, understand the benefits, the nutritional value of of dairy products, and learn where their food comes from and, and understand the dairy industry and then be excited about giving their kids milk. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. How do you do that? How do you connect the younger generations? And I guess it would be the people with kids who are deciding what's in the fridge. How do you connect them to dairy so that their kids will want to buy dairy? Well, of course, our 
our promotion end of the Florida dairy industry that Avery works with, the FDF, Florida Dairy Farmers. I mean, we do a lot of grassroots advertising through that, a lot of uh, school functions, a lot of marathons, you know, with the refueling with chocolate milk. I mean, that it's been proven that chocolate milk is better than the competitors when it comes to refueling and re-energizing your, your body. I don't mean you can drink two gallons of chocolate milk a day like I do, but you can <laughs> 12 ounces to refuel, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're a little unique because we are branding our own milk and putting it in stores as we speak. A very, very small volume of our milk we're doing that with, but it's encouraging to me. We focus on a lot, a lot on coffee shops. Coffee shops use a lot of milk. Coffee shops use a lot of alt beverage too. I don't like to call them the other almond, whatever you mentioned, whatever that word uh, was. Almond, almond milk or oat, or oat, oat milk. milk. Oat, the M, the M word, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't so, say the M word. But anyway, the feedback I get from the baristas, the owners, being able to put a face with the farmer when they say, hey, you know, the farmer was just here delivering milk. You mean to tell me you know the farmer? It's a local product. Boom. They put our milk in there. You know, when I look at our milk, the label on our milk, it's it's just milk. It's cow's milk. You know, we're not adding any. Uh, we leave our milk the same. I'm just speaking for our label now. We leave our milk, whatever our cows give that day, cream-wise, butterfat-wise, stays in there. So we're not taking the fat out and putting it back in. We don't have to add any of the vitamin A and vitamin D because it naturally occurs in that whole milk. The only time you add the A and D is when you have to take the, the cream out. And you have to bring those levels up because of you've taken the, the cream out. Now that's my understanding as the farmer. Don't scientifically I might get my you know my toe shot off because of that, but that's my understanding as the farmer. I feel like dairy is strong. I know dairy is strong. It's just, you know, educating the public that it's it's sustainable. We have cows now that are making almost 10 gallons of milk a day. I mean, that is that's astounding. And that's because of we have learned as people, as farmers, how to take care of them better, how to keep them more comfortable. Uh, we have a nutritionist that comes to our farm every Wednesday that walks our cows. You know, if he feels like too many of our cows are thin, we'll change our diet a little bit to increase the calories or the mega calories to, you know, put a little weight. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's, it's a moving target. Chris, I have to ask you, what is the role of women in agriculture? Obviously, you're a huge part of this farm, but do women face any unique challenges? I think women have really always been involved on the farm, just kind of behind the scenes. Sutton's grandmother was greatly involved on the farm, you know, but his grandfather and uncles kind of were in the, the front line. My mother also was involved on the farm. I think just like any other industry, it's evolved to where now women are being recognized more for their, you know, being on the farm. You know, I give a lot of credit to Sutton because when we got married and he became the uh, manager of the farms, he stood up for me and said, you know, you want me here uh, you know, on this family farm? My wife's going to, you know, Chris is going to help us. So that was kind of like it opened the door for us on this farm that, you know, women are being recognized more, even, even for our daughter. I mean, our daughter has loved cows since she was born more so probably than our son, but wasn't until she really became involved on the farm that even our employees were like, man, she, she really knows a lot about cows. So it's changed. And I can't speak for every industry, but I know for farming, 
you know, I think women have always been involved, but they've just never been on the front lines, you know, or recognized or whatever as farmers. You know, they they might have to split their time between working on the farm and raising children, just like any other industry. But now women are truly recognized as being farmers. You know, before we were the farmer's wife. Now we can actually call ourselves a dairy farmer. I can even think in our little industry that's in Florida. I mean, we have 55 dairy farms left oh, yes. in the state of Florida. And I guarantee, I know that minimum of 10%, if not more like 15%, women are involved in management decisions on those farms. So in my mind, that's our industry has really shifted. We got a quick fact check from our uh, publicist who's behind the scenes here. It is 55 dairy farms okay. left in okay. Florida. That is a small number. So talk oh. about what it's like to be one of such a few and why you are all still so important for our state. Well, you know, when I started this journey 30 some odd years ago, there was 350 farms in the state of Florida. A lot of that was just Part of that younger generation didn't want to stay and do the hard work. And like I said, I think I told you earlier, my grandmother, my grandfather worked way harder than physically worked, way harder than I do. My father worked harder than I do. Agriculture has turned into a business. It takes so many acres of ground to maintain, to be able to feed, you know, grow enough feed to feed our cows. As farmers got older, no children to take it over. And this is a business that really no new people enter because it's such a high capital investment to get into dairy farming or farming in general. I mean, when, you, when you're thinking of an acre of land to try to farm is five to $10,000 an acre, that's, that's huge. You know, who's going to take and risk that kind of money for a small reward? And I mean, if, if people, and this isn't a woe is me farmer moment, but if people saw what our margins were on the investment we have and the risk that we take every day, you know, a businessman would go, what in the world is, are these people doing? But we are providing food for people and, and might not be rewarding sometimes in the checkbook, but it's rewarding to know I'm walking through the mall on the East Coast of Florida. And I'm like, you know, if these people have dairy in their house, more than likely we touch these people somehow today. You know, is that a way to be a businessman or to live your life? You know, I don't know, but it I feel pretty good about it. So we, we enjoy what we do. And it's a passion. You know, it's a passion for us to be able to feed the people. The older generation, you know, that worked hard, they just decided, you know, let's, let's sell the land. Let's build houses instead of milk cows. But that's not happening just in Florida. What, what we're talking about is happening all over the country. When I first started this, if I could make a living milking 100 head of cows, we would milk 100 head of cows instead of 1,500 head of cows. But in my 36 years, that's another thing that's changed. Uh, you would go to Wisconsin, you would go to Minnesota, you would go to New York. Uh, there was very few farms that were over 100 head of cows. Most of those guys milked 100 head of cows. Husband, wife, wife might have worked, been a school teacher, not even any employees to speak of, a teenage son helping. And now you go to the Midwest or you go to the Northeast or you go to California. These farms are bigger. I know of a one family, they milk, they milk 40,000 cows, 40,000. I mean, that's almost half of what's in the whole state of Florida. I think there's around 100,000 cows left in the state of Florida on the 55 farms. Wow. It reminds <laughs> me of the citrus industry. Yes, yes. It, it, it's, you don't see a citrus tree on a main road anymore. You've got to drive a back road to find a citrus tree. And same way, I mean, 
they've dealt with some diseases in the trees that that cause problems. But then again, you know, when houses build up to your fence line and you're 75 years old, what do you do with no children there to, to run the business? So, right. but I mean, what few of us are left, we're really tasked with a bigger task, I guess, you know, to feed the world. And, and I mean, that's our goal. I mean, our goal is to help feed the 22 million people that live in the state of Florida. I think that's one thing that keeps us going is just teaching people where their food comes from, letting them come to the farm and see where their food comes from. Because, you know, a lot of children grow up and they just think it comes from the grocery store. And if we don't tell our story as whatever type of farmer you are, we want to tell our story and show people that, you know, how the animals are cared for and what we do on a daily basis to produce one of the most nutritious foods there are available. Well, we so appreciate that. And we just have a few minutes left. But speaking of your story, Chris, you swore you wouldn't marry a dairy <laughs> farmer. So what happened? I How did the two of you did. How did the two of you her off her feet. <laughs> Actually, tell her where I gave you your engagement ring. Yeah, we was. got engaged up at the milking parlor. It wasn't like <laughs> we didn't go, you know, to some fancy hotel and he wasn't dressed in a Sunday best. He had his rubber boots on and, and pretty much just said, I want to marry you. This is going to be your life. And I, you know, even though I swore I wouldn't marry a dairy farmer, I was moving to New York. I was getting out of this little town. But, uh, you know, my parents weren't real happy about that. But <laughs> 35 years later, they said, I guess it worked out okay. I guess so. Well, I'm so glad you uh, met up at the dairy farm. And what a great story at the milking parlor. Maybe did you split a milkshake or something on your honeymoon? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you didn't even offer me a milkshake or anything. No. <laughs> well, there's no excuse now. You can have all the milkshakes you want. It was so fun to talk go. to both of you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sutton and Chris Rucks are the owners of Milking R Dairy Farm and Ice Cream Parlor in Okeechobee. They shared a recipe for dragon fruit ice cream, and you can find it on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Dalia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Chandler Balcom and Alexandria Ebron. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network.